Welcome back to the Let's Fuck About It podcast. We're here for a fourth episode today, which is so crazy. My boyfriend Cam is here with me today. And yeah, we're really excited to hop into part two of our OnlyFans 101 series and talk more about like the content creation aspect today. But before we get into any of that, um, I just want to let you know where you can find us. So if you're looking for just general links to anything, any of my socials or anything like that, you can go to summerstone.fun. Otherwise, my Twitter is summerstone with three E's at the end. Instagram is seashell slut, except slut is spelled S-L-V-T. And then OnlyFans is onlyfans.com slash summerstone. Since this episode is going to be about a lot of advice specifically for creators, if you're a creator who has questions about starting out, promoting, anything like that, you can go ahead and email me at hello at summerstone.co with any of those questions that you might have. I also do have a referral link for new creators who are looking to get started. So if this is something you've really thought about and you know you want to get into, that link is also at summerstone.fun. So yeah, go ahead and use that link, shoot me an email, and I can answer questions for you. But like I said, of course, you know, the internet's forever. Sex work is something, you know, to really think about before you get started. So if that's something that you've thought about and now you're looking to get started, hit me up. Do you have any life updates for me, Cam? What's new? I mean, not much. We're kind of just getting the swing of this podcast thing on top of all the other content that we're making. Um, yeah, I feel pretty excited about some of the stuff we got planned. We got a couple of collabs coming up in the next couple months, actually. Yeah, we're planning a ton of trips right now, I feel like, which is super exciting because we have done some traveling for sex work already, especially when it comes to just like traveling together and shooting BG content. But it's really exciting that we have trips to meet a lot of our sex work friends soon and film some like beautiful content with them. It's something that has been a big goal for me to be able to do. And now that I'm kind of like out of my day job and stuff like that, we're more able to do. So you're right. I was so excited about that. Yeah. And I mean, the last collab content we shot is like some of the prettiest content I think we've ever shot. And I'm just excited to make more like some high quality stuff together. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know if this is obvious to say, but I feel like as time goes on, obviously our content gets better and like all the new stuff we've shot, I'm just like the most proud of out of anything we've ever shot. So today we are smoking a chem dog, which is a hybrid. It leans, you know, sativa dominant. That's kind of like me and Summer's go-to. Definitely has us feeling like, I don't know, creative. I I've liked it so far. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely am enjoying this weed, but I will say I feel like I'm getting really baked off of it. Like every time we smoke a joint, I have been either getting extremely into whatever I'm doing. So like if I'm already, if I'm working on something right away, it's like so good. I feel creative. But if I just like sit down on TikTok or something, I am getting like, I'm stuck doing that for hours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely... I think you got to be like up and doing some stuff on this one, but I do have a fun fact about it, actually. Oh, what's your fun fact? This weed is named Chemdog because of like a roadie for the Grateful Dead. So he was a grower and it was prophesized like he had this like sacred like weed seed and it became like the Chemdog strain. And that was the same weed that like the Grateful Dead was smoking in the 70s. Wait, that's so cool. <laughs> For coffee today, we went out. We've been going out for coffee, I feel like, a lot lately just because we've been having kind of long work days and just need to get out of the house. So today we went to Kumquat, which was a bit of a drive for us, but it was nice. And we got, um, we both got iced out lattes with an ad shot and I got vanilla in mine. I've just been having, I feel like, a sweet tooth with coffee lately. 
which if you know me, you know, is like really out of character for me, but I'm kind of digging it. I think it's because I was drinking a lot more coffee and then I took a bit of a break from caffeine. So now I think I'm like leaning more towards sweet drinks again, because once I feel like if you have a lot of sweet drinks, you kind of get sick of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I have like a a sweet drink, I just start to feel like I'm having like Starbucks sometimes, you know, (laughs) and it depends on like if that coffee shop has like good syrup, I feel like that's when I start to like taste it more when they're using like cheap stuff. So I usually try to like just get something that's like, I know it's pretentious, but like that coffee taste, you know, and I definitely feel like I needed that ad shot today. Like no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know for sure. I didn't check, but I think Kumquat makes their own vanilla. If I'm not mistaken, at least tasted like they did. So if they're using a pre-made one, then it's really good. But yeah, I think the ad shots, we've been talking about this, how we always get baked before podcasts. And then I think we almost sound like almost like a sleep podcast or something if we're too like chill. So we were like, okay, let's get the ad shot this morning. And then we also noticed that when we're high, we'll be like breathing into the mic like. (sighs) So we're being more conscious of that, too. And we tried to get that ad shot, wait a little while, like be more conscious of the baked breathing. Wait, can you do that breathing again? (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) Oh, wow. A little (laughs) twist on that one. This is a part of the podcast where me and Cam pull out some fun facts, sex history, stuff like that, because we all know that sex ed in America is just not cutting it. So this is sexual education. What do you have for us today, Cam? I feel like we look back on society and think that maybe they've been prude for the longest time, but it turns out that pornography is actually a lot older than we think because with the invention of, you know, photography came the invention of pornography pretty soon after. It actually started with postcards. Okay, I can be down for sexy postcards. Yeah, so basically... Once those cameras started shooting, they started shooting porn. It started with, you know, full penetration and then moved its way to, quote unquote, non-standard sexual practices, which at the time was, you know, same sex sex happening. And yeah, you just send it in the mail to your lover, or you know, whoever, I guess. I feel like I totally would have been that friend that's like, oh my gosh, look, cameras exist now. Do you want to take some nudes with me? We don't have to tell anyone. Yeah, I wonder how easy it was to get that type of film like developed at the time because I feel like we want to shoot more sexy film and it's just so hard these days. I don't even know where to get it processed. Yeah, I imagine you probably would have had to either be fucking the person who is like doing all the film or doing your own film. Yeah, it reminds me of the time we went to Palm Springs and we were looking at all the vintage stores and I think we found a bunch of sexy postcards actually. It looked like it was more like sexy men, but there might have been some older ones in there. Oh my God. Let us know if you want sexy postcards. I would love to add that as something that we had on OnlyFans. Like if you want to see, if you want me to send you a sexy postcard, if you want some like BG ones for me and Cam, or even if we wanted to make some during collabs, I feel like that's so sexy to like send and receive sexy postcards, sexy pen pals. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I'm down. Okay. Well, that was a really fun fact. And as always, I'm here with something really depressing. So you've probably already heard about this, or if you haven't, then you've probably heard something similar because it's happening in a lot of states in the U.S. right now. But basically, the governor of Idaho just signed legislation saying that any healthcare provider who provides gender-affirming care for transgender youth is subject to, I think it's 10 years in prison, which is so awful. So basically what they're categorizing as gender-affirming care would be like puberty blockers, hormones, stuff like that. So obviously this is part of like a greater problem that's happening in the U.S. right now. Like a lot of people are talking about how this seriously looks like they're trying to literally genocide transgender people out of the country which is obviously so terrifying, so terrible. And I'm so sorry to all of the trans people who are dealing with this right now in the U.S. I just feel like like what is going on with these old white men? They just don't 
They're so out of touch. Like people are receiving gender affirming, you know, health care for so many different reasons, whether it's being born intersex or transitioning or whatever. And I think like the stats directly correlate with like if they don't get that type of care, the suicide rate goes up like 80 percent. So it's just like protect the babies, protect the kids. But for how long? Right. They don't actually care. It's just to make a political statement. This is a horrible act of violence and it's so dark and we're so sorry if this is something that's affecting you. We are going to include some resources specifically for trans people in Idaho in the show notes. So if you feel like that could be helpful for you, definitely check that out. Today's episode is going to be kind of like a part two to our OnlyFans 101 series part two of how maybe a million, we'll see. Um, But we're just going to be kind of talking about like the actual content creation as well as like some networking, like just touching on some places to network, some general rules, and then overall um, promotion and just like management of your content. So the first thing that I wrote down was I think before you create any content, For yourself, for anyone, you should definitely know what your hard limits are. So for me, like this is something I wish I really would have thought about more when I was starting out because like no one's telling you what to expect. No one can really tell you exactly what people are going to ask you for or, you know, stuff like that. And I feel like in the beginning for me, I was just so desperate to start making money because at least for me, I started during the pandemic. So I didn't have a job really. Like I was out of work at the time and I just wanted to be making money like right off the bat, which unfortunately can cause you to say yes to things that you aren't actually comfortable with. So, and I mean, I really learned that if you say yes to something you're uncomfortable with, they're just going to keep pushing your boundaries, especially in a situation where you're saying like, here's my boundary or my limit. And then they're like talking you out of it. I feel like that's a really bad situation with subs because it does just like set a precedent that if you say no to something they could just push and get what they want and it just circles back to consent and like if your subs aren't respecting your consent then it's not worth it for you because they're not going to be treating you well anyways yeah and i feel like obviously it is really violating when someone pushes your boundaries and traumatic so really think about what you're comfortable with Some examples of hard limits for me are like race play, age play, um, scat content. I don't do any kind of anal stuff. If I decide to post anal, that's going to be on my own like decision. It wouldn't be someone pushing me to do it. And I'm going to be honest, like I think if you're the kind of person where you feel like it would be really difficult for you to advocate for yourself in that way or to set those boundaries, this just might not be the job for you. It is something to really think about just because it's not like you have somebody like moderating for you or advocating for you. So that is something that you're going to have to do yourself in this industry. I have seen also on like other creators on their bio on their OnlyFans, they'll put what their hard limits are. And that's kind of just to protect both the buyer and the creator, because you don't want someone to subscribe to you and be expecting something that you just don't want to provide to them. And it's okay for them to sub and then you not want to do things, but it kind of is a nice thing to just have there sometimes because it sets like that expectation from the start. Yeah, that's a really good point. Another boundary that for me, I'm not willing to ever bend on personally, and I would probably recommend the same for, especially if you're like starting out and you're not confident, like knowing basically like what the price of things should be is sticking to whatever prices you have set because haggling, honestly, for me, it's something that would make me restrict a buyer. So if they're trying to like haggle with me, if they're being aggressive or like rude about my prices, I will restrict them so they're not able to message me. Even if you're not in a position to be restricting people who are haggling with you or whatever, it's still like I think important to stand by your prices and to just kind of know your worth because a lot of people will treat you like a sec- like a literal sex robot. Like there's a lot of free porn on the internet and there's a lot of people who don't respect obviously like the craft. So I think it's important to, yeah, just kind of stick to your guns in that sense. 
Yeah, and honestly, some of those big OnlyFans accounts out there, they are being run by an agency. They're being botted or or whatever. And like it's a little bit easier for them to kind of be able to not like have to negotiate or talk to these clients because they're not even having to deal with it in the end. Yeah. And I know like for me, it was really hard to say no when people would do that in the beginning because obviously I just like needed the money so badly. And I'm definitely not judging you if you have to fold on things like that. But if you're able to just like stick to those things, I think it just really builds like a relationship with boundaries with your buyers, which is better for everyone. I think it goes back to just having that menu and having what you are willing to offer very accessible to your buyers. Um, And like for us, we make BG custom content together and we have a limit set where, you know, you have to pay a certain amount and it has to be at least a five minute video, you know? So let's say someone comes by and they're trying to get that video in 24 hours and they don't want a full five minutes. They want like a two minute video. They want a one minute video. We'll still charge that five minute price sometimes. And just like basically the rush fee is kind of built in there. But other than that, we don't ever really kind of haggle on those specific things when it comes to custom content that we create together. And I mean, like you don't have to think about it so black and white if you don't want to. Like, I think you can feel it in your gut when it's right. Like, I think there's times when I've said yes to something and I've had a pit in my stomach and that's just like never how you should feel, you know? It is something that I don't think we talked about, but maybe just consent with making partners partnered content really is like something you have to consider and having those like open lines of communication with the person that you're making partner content with and just making sure that what they're comfortable with you could provide together because then it becomes like a weird dynamic that I don't think is fun for anyone. Yeah, especially if you have one partner that you're consistently um, creating partnered content with. Like personally, all of my BG content is with Cam. So I would never accept a BG custom if I haven't discussed it with Cam first. Having a photography background too, we were like ready to start thinking about some of the bigger picture things like from the jump because we kind of just knew the vibe and the aesthetic that we wanted to do. But you don't even really need like the really nice photography equipment, right? Like it's not that much of like a barrier of entry to get started. You don't need a partner to shoot content with. Like what, what I mean, what would you suggest like they start with? I literally think if all you can afford is a ring light and your phone, you're in a pretty good spot. Even if you literally only have your phone, you'd probably be okay. But realistically, I would recommend... A ring light, especially if you're shooting a lot of your own content and you don't have someone who's consistently shooting for you, then I would recommend choosing a ring light that has a remote with it, which I mean, I think my first ring light I got with a remote off Amazon was like $30. So you definitely don't need to go super hard on that. Also, I'd look for a ring light that has like the tripod built in because I know they have ones that could go on your computer, like on your phone and I guess those could probably work like if you needed them to, but I feel like having that tripod and be able to like move around with it is like pretty vital. For me, I think it was really helpful to order just like a little bit of lingerie or like if you have a lot of lingerie, you're probably good. And also a few sex toys just so that you kind of have some variety in your content right away. But again, I really don't even think it's necessary if you can't afford it yet. Like what you really need starting out is just that ring light and your phone. So I know we already talked about niche with our last OnlyFans 101 episode, so I'm not going to super get into that, but I do want to go over kind of what we think about before we have a big shoot. So the first thing to me is like a shot list, I would say. So the shot list with every single thing that we're adding to the shot list, we're considering like how exactly it's going to kind of fit into that niche. And everyone's going to have a different approach to this. Maybe you don't need to be as like particular or obsessive about it as I feel like I am. But for me, it just kind of makes me feel like everything is really well curated. If while I'm making my shot list, I'm also thinking like, okay, how am I going to get this to be the vibe that I want it to be? And sometimes it's as simple as just knowing where I'm going to stand and what lingerie I'm going to be in. And sometimes it's a little more complicated and maybe I want to bring in a prop or something like that. 
yeah, I know we've talked to creators before that they just go into it, you know, off the jump. They don't really think about too much of that stuff and they just shoot the best content ever. And others, they're kind of the same as us. They want to have that shot list. They, they plan ahead. They plan weeks ahead of a trip, weeks ahead of a shoot. You know, it's just whatever works best for you, I think, make it work for you, right? Yeah, and I think I'm the kind of person who wants to have things scheduled out months in advance anyways. But I have lots of friends who literally wake up in the morning and then shoot what they're going to post for that day. So you could kind of decide, you know, what makes sense for you. But I would definitely recommend batching stuff out if you can. I think the best way to break down the type of content that we make is like really into two separate categories, which is strict community guidelines versus more lax community guidelines. And that's in consideration to like Instagram and TikTok where things have to be extremely safe for work and really like not suggestive at all because you will get banned. And you'll see those big accounts that are like celebrity or whatever, you know, influencers like not really have to follow the same rules as you. And that sucks, but it is just the reality of like being on those platforms. And I can't even tell you how many Instagrams and TikToks Summer has had like Once they find you, they're out for you. And it's just like one of those things you got to deal with where Reddit and Twitter, it's full NSFW. You know, you don't have to worry about those type of restrictions as much, but there are, you know, their own community guidelines going on there that we could kind of talk about later. But for the most part, it's just those are the things we're considering when we're shooting the content that we do together. Yeah, and I would say we normally look through at the engagement from past content we've posted on all of those sites beforehand, too, and try to kind of get a picture of what's going to do well for us this time, which obviously you're not going to be able to do with your first few shoots, but you just kind of have to be prepared that it's going to be a learning experience and like some things that you're expecting to do well might flop and vice versa. Yeah, everything just goes back to that niche. I know Summer does really well with specific things like Plast, snake butt, cum slut, those are always at the top of our shot list. Like always aware that those are the type of things that like she needs to shoot either with me or without me and like something we're always considering. Yeah. And if you need to, you could always like scroll through some people that you admire's social medias and just kind of see what they're posting. But I would be conscious that, you know, while you could take inspiration from other people and a lot of us are like recycling the same captions and stuff like that, if you are copying someone too closely, people will notice really quickly. Like best practices, I think have been talked about in like the industry is like if you are getting so much inspiration from someone and you can't afford it, then you should be tipping your sex worker. Like if someone is inspiring you to the, the point where those that's the type of content you're making verbatim, like shoot them a tip if you can, because the the they might not notice if you're small but it is just like kind of frowned upon i think to try to like rip someone's style like so much and so aggressively without like showing them some respect a little bit yeah i would agree with that something that we took from my background in like media is the logging and tracking of the type of content that we're posting and shooting and We put everything into folders, organized, so it's easy to find. And we keep track of like where it's kind of going because we don't really want like so much content out there before our subs could see it even. So it's like we kind of decide together like what stuff we want to use for promotion and where um, before we kind of start putting it just out there because the internet is really like, you know, it's forever. So once it's out there, it's out there and it's going to be easy to find because of these things like bots that are scrubbing the internet looking for porn sites and for their content and looking to share and leak. So it's just like one of those things I think to consider just really having a good organization system that works for you and like know where your content is and be able to find it when you need it. Yeah, I definitely think it should always kind of be in the back of your mind. Like if I was someone who was coming to my OnlyFans from like somewhere where I'm posting explicit, so Twitter, Reddit, whatever, like would I be like, oh, this looks exactly like your Twitter? Like this is not, you know, I want I want to make sure that when someone's subscribing, it's like tons of new content that hasn't been posted anywhere and full length videos or whatever. You know, it obviously depends what you're offering, but Definitely don't want it to look exactly the same as, you know, the social medias where you're posting explicit. Summer, do you want to talk about like 
promoting on Twitter specifically? Because I feel like that's like way more your realm. Yeah, so Twitter does allow you to post explicit, like we mentioned, which is amazing. And I would say that the best part of Twitter for me is that that's where the majority of my sex worker friends have come from. So I definitely think it's really good for networking. Um, I think all of the advice that I got when I was starting out pretty much came from Twitter. Um, When I promote on Twitter, I personally use retweet groups. I know a lot of other sex workers use retweet groups. It's not for everyone. Um, I don't want to super get into it because like Cam mentioned, we'll definitely get into that on another day, another like full length episode. But yeah, Twitter groups are a really good way to grow because when you're on Twitter and you're posting sensitive media or like adult content, you do get search suggestion banned. So like even if someone's looking up your username, it can be difficult for them to find you. So it's super helpful since you're not going to be in the natural like flow of the algorithm to kind of get that engagement. I know other people will funnel people to their Twitter from other social medias like TikTok or whatever. So it's definitely not the only way to grow, but that has been where like half of my subscribers have come from. So I definitely recommend Twitter. I do have to say that I started out with Twitter posting um, censored content and not posting any explicit content, and I did not have any growth really during that time. It was really slow, and I didn't really notice subs from it. I know some people have success with that, but I can't really speak to having like a censored Twitter and getting subs from that. But if you are posting explicit, then that I think is a really a really good way to grow. Um, Also, I personally have a backup Twitter. There's been over the last like year or so, a lot of purges of like sex worker accounts. Like if you already know, like if you're a sex worker that you're just more likely to get your account deleted anywhere at any time. But during the last like purge, I know a lot of people were saying that you need to label your backup account as like a fan page because it is technically against TOS on Twitter to have two accounts that are for the same person. If it's like basically for ban evasion. So definitely if you have a backup page, think about how you want to brand it. I don't know that everyone necessarily does the fan page thing, but maybe just give it some thought, you know, make it a little bit different from your main account. For me, I didn't really care about having a backup page until I hit like 100K. And then I was like, okay, it's time to do that. But again, it's really up to you. Wow. That's a lot of stuff (laughs) I don't think I even really knew about. Um, I do think maybe, though, we should talk about like some really quick things. I know we will talk about it more in future episodes and all, but when you're making your account, do not have any nudity, any suggestive nudity in the header on your Twitter. And also don't, what are, I mean, what are like the off the bat, like don't maybe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't have any kind of nudity or like suggestive content, like Cam said, in your header, but also in your profile picture. Mm. So even if you're literally in a bra or a bikini in your profile picture, I've seen people get deleted for that. So yeah, be super mindful of that. And then also you do have to like set it. I can't remember exactly what the setting is. but like sensitive media or something. Yeah, somewhere in the settings, it says like sensitive media or posting explicit or something like that. Make sure that that's turned on. Sometimes it can like mark your page for a few days to say like this person has marked that they're posting explicit media or something over your photos. If you're just patient with that, I it usually goes away. I would also be careful about like dropping your link places um, at the start of things because I know it looks super body if like all you're doing is like OnlyFans, blah, 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 OnlyFans, blah, blah, like on all your posts and also like other people's posts, which I think Summer could kind of get into like what that is called. It's it's poaching, but don't put your link like so much as like your entire feed when you're starting out. I would really try to round it out, like have text post tweets about specific things, post about, you know, your lunch, whatever you need to do to like make your account look more rounded and not like a bot because there are probably a million, like literally a million Twitter bots made a day to spam like fake OnlyFans links and fake, you know, Dropbox links and whatever. And having that on your page is just like even more so going to get you flagged, I think. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure that there's a part of the TOS that says that you can't tweet just a link. So like if you're tweeting a link, you have to actually be talking about what you're tweeting or whatever. So I think that the easiest thing to do and what I personally do is under all of my posts, 
I have a note that I copy and paste that just kind of like is to promote my OnlyFans. And it's like, I think mine says like thousands of videos, nude photos, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like whatever to get people to your page. And then also under each post, I'll do like $3 flash sale or whatever, you know, is relevant or this video ended with a cream pie or something to just kind of switch it up. So I'm not copy pasting the same exact message every time with the link. So you can just kind of figure out what works for you in that sense. But like Cam said, maybe wait to post your link until you're already a little more established. And I would also, on that same vein, try to take it slower with the retweets in the beginning because you do hit um, like retweet limit earlier when you're a new account and you do get flagged easier when you're a newer account. What's the retweet limit called? It's like Twitter jail or what, what is it? Yeah, when you're in groups, they call it Twitter jail um, because basically you get to a point where you can't retweet anymore for like an hour at a time. Or when you're new, sometimes they'll put you in a band that's longer. So this only happened to me like probably before I even hit 10K on Twitter, but they would literally get me on a band for like three days where I couldn't retweet anything. And there is a DM ban as well. So you'll just kind of learn those things as you go too. And then you did mention poaching. That's a really good point. Yeah, I've heard you mention like poaching before and having to block people for poaching. I don't really know too much about it. Do you think you kind of like expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So with poaching, you just need to be really careful how you engage with other sex workers content. If someone is posting a nude and you're like commenting with your link or being like, haha, same or something where, you know, where it sounds like you're kind of trying to like funnel people back to your page, especially Oh my fucking God, especially if you comment your own nude under their nude, like you will get blocked so fast. And if anyone else sees you underneath that post, even if it's not their post, they'll block you too. And you might be thinking it's not your problem if somebody blocks you, which first of all, it's rude as fuck. But second of all, you, once you're blocked, like you can't be added to a group with that person. And like, maybe you'll never see them again. But honestly, sex work is a really small world. And if you have someone blocked or they have you blocked, you can't be added to the same group together. So you would potentially lose out on engagement groups, networking, stuff like that. So I would definitely be careful when you're engaging with other people's stuff. You are more than welcome to comment and say, this is so beautiful. I love this post or whatever. Just really think to yourself if it could be perceived as you trying to steal basically like the engagement that they have on there. And the last thing I'll say about poaching is also going through and liking all the comments on someone's post would be considered poaching as well. And you will get blocked for that too. And you might think people aren't going to notice, they'll notice. So that's all I'll say about Twitter for now. Again, I think we do need to have like a full episode about all of these things, but yeah, I think that's good for now. I think the next thing that's like the most important for me for promoting would probably be Reddit, which Honestly, I got really lucky with Reddit that Cam understood how it worked because I was so confused trying to figure it out. And yeah, I think you could probably explain that one. Yeah, I I kind of knew how to use Reddit just from being on Reddit before sex work. Personally, I would go on there to read the news or, you know, read about the sports team I like or, you know, whatever video games coming out, whatever. You or know. watch porn. <laughs> yeah, maybe watch some porn. Um, so I kind of knew about some of like the ins and outs of Reddit and I'm the one that helps Summer kind of schedule out her Reddit and help us kind of keep track of it. Um, a lot of times she's going in there and like, you know, commenting on the things that she likes or responding to messages. And I'm just on the back end, like sorting the content to be scheduled out and scheduling it. That being said, when you start your Reddit, you really start at zero. That's zero karma, zero comment karma. You got nothing, right? And it's going to be hard for you to grow without that karma. Karma is like the Reddit, like social currency, I guess, um, where different subreddits will basically have different thresholds of karma that signify if your account is like new or not, basically, because a lot of bots are on Reddit. A lot of spam is on Reddit and they don't want that on their subreddits because it just looks really bad and it looks like their subs are unmoderated. Um, so karma is just like 
when someone likes what you post, they upvote it. That's positive karma. When someone doesn't, they could downvote it. That's negative karma. So you got to be posting some quality content on there. You got to be engaging with people who are commenting on your stuff or else that karma is never going to get built up and it's going to be harder and harder to post in the niches that you're trying to post in. And those niches are really kind of split into what we call subreddits. Um, So you go to reddit.com, you're going to see all the subreddits that you're following or involved in or commenting in that are going to populate your home feed. But basically a subreddit is like r slash Nalgene bottles, r slash ballpoint pens, r slash whatever, lamp lights, Pixar, Disney, you know, whatever you like, r slash porn, r slash, you know, that's where you're kind of visiting to find the stuff that you want to talk about. And that is a subreddit. So basically you have to have that karma to post in that subreddit or else they're just your your posts are going to get caught in the spam filter and you're never going to see like growth on your account if you're not really focusing on building your karma. And there's different ways to do that. You know, Summer went through and she was playing Animal Crossing during the pandemic. And so she was going through and sharing like her Animal Crossing island and screenshots and commenting on that, you know, so there's that way of just building karma naturally and, you know, developing your engagement. And a lot of times you'll see sex workers before they kind of like launch their sex work account on Reddit, they'll post more safe for work stuff onto subreddits to build that karma up because it is just like so hard to get that karma from the jump. But other times people have friends that, you know, they have a Reddit. So they'll go through and be like, yo, I just upvoted all your stuff. Can you do the same for me? And they'll do that. And that kind of leads into like upvote groups, which we're not really into. I don't really get how they work or how they're kind of like communicating. But from what I understand is there are, you know, just like Twitter, you're retweeting your same, your friends, you know, you have these messages, these groups, these conversations. The same thing is for Reddit that usually is done on Telegram or Discord or, or whatever. And you're just saying, hey, I just posted new on Reddit. Can you upvote for me? I just I'll upvote all your guys' stuff and vice versa. But I don't really know the best way to kind of get into that. And I think it might be a little bit better just to try to, you know, gain your engagement naturally to not get caught in that spam filter. Because once you're caught in that spam filter, your account's like pretty much forever in there and it's really hard to get out of it. Yeah, I feel like I've actually heard a lot of people warn against um, upvote groups, but obviously since it's not something that I've tried, I can't like speak to that. And I know that there's lots of people who think you shouldn't use like Twitter engagement groups, which have been really successful for me. So it's not like I could really knock it, but I have heard people say that it could get you flagged really easily. And also that sometimes there's like people who go through and downvote everyone, which is so fucked. You know, sex work is supposed to be very like, all for one, but sometimes people get a little bit competitive. And it seems that that is the case even more so on Reddit, where they have the ability to manipulate, you know, the quote unquote Reddit algorithm. And if they're downvoting your stuff, like there's a higher chance it's not going to be seen by more people. So definitely something I think you have to consider before you decide to, you know, engage in an upvote group. And that is also something that you just have to like maintain or else, you know, you're going to get called out for it. So, you know, do that with caution. We don't really have much of advice on that front, to be honest. I guess the another thing we should talk about is like verification, which sometimes you'll see it on Twitter to an extent where someone will post on their Twitter, like a video where they're talking and being like, Hey, this is my account. And I'm, you know, Summer Stone and I'm a real person. I'm not a robot. But on Reddit, it it really is like a whole nother beast because each separate subreddit at times, there are no verification subreddits. But for the most part, the big subreddits, the ones that you want to be posting, the ones that have the best engagement, the ones that the subreddits that don't get banned are the ones that are verifying every single creator. And each one of those subreddits will have specific requirements on what they want on their verification. And you just kind of have to read them in the sidebar before you post, because if you post without verification, a lot of times those moderators will just ban you off the bat without a question because they'll, they're just like, I really like some of the stuff that they say on their sidebar, they'll just be like, you're too dumb to figure out how to submit here. Then we don't even watch your content here. So it's like, 
it is a little anti-sex work on Reddit. Um, that's something you have to be aware of. Really read before you post somewhere because if you start getting banned from too many places, your account gets flagged and you just get thrown in that spam filter and it's just going to be harder and harder to grow with that account. So really make sure before you post something somewhere that you're looking at exactly what the requirements are and that you're fit, fitting the niche and you're posting to that niche or else you might get your account, you know, you know, just flagged, I guess. But it's hard. It's really hard. It's a lot to keep track of. I have the hiccups right now and I'm trying really hard not to hiccup through Cam's explanation. Okay. We had Summer hold her breath there for a couple seconds and I think the hiccups are gone. So um, one more thing I just wanted to mention real quick is what we use to schedule out our Reddit, and that is Postpone. I know there's some other things on the market, but so far we've had no problems with Postpone. It lets you batch out. You could literally batch out a year in advance, like two years, I think. We don't do it that much. We're kind of like <laughs> on a week-to-week basis based on the content we're shooting. But yeah, um, check out Postpone. I think we have an affiliate link, so I'll check on that. And if we do, we'll throw that down in the uh, description. I think it gives you like an extended trial to try that out. Um, but that's not really a necessary thing that you need to start off with Reddit, but it's definitely super helpful. Yeah. I think the more that you start to use things like that, it helps you like be able to promote on more sites too over time. Cause I feel like diversifying where you're promoting is super helpful. Like we're mentioning kind of the top four today, but I mean, as we've gotten the hang of those things, we've been able to basically give me more time to you know, promote on some more like smaller things, get a little more experimental. Also, like I mentioned, I was very lucky starting out that Cam understood Reddit. So at this point, he's been able to teach me enough that I actually mod some subreddits now. So both of us are modding like a few subreddits. The main one I would say that I'm a mod of is probably SoCal Gone Wild. So yeah, that's been super helpful too. I definitely think there is enough of like a anti-sex work kind of vibe on Reddit that I think it's really helpful for there to be um, sex workers that are moderators just because sellers do get kicked off quite frequently, literally just for being sex workers. Yeah, it's like big incel culture on Reddit. And I think I always joke with Summer that like we need to seize the means of production. Like <laughs> if we are able to kind of like be the ones that are moderating, then we know our content's not going to be taken down just because we are sex workers. And that's something you really, really have to look again. Like we'll dive into this more. Like I know we keep saying this like in future episodes, but like a big thing on Reddit is anti-sex worker like rules. So if you post anywhere, sometimes they'll just be like, nope, sorry. Uh, you posted your cash app link like on your sidebar, like even that's something that small. If you don't even have your OnlyFans link, They'll consider you a seller. You can't post on some of the biggest subs. So like, I wouldn't even really like dive down that because it's like pretty gnarly to just kind of have to deal with. Um, so if you could kind of just stay away from those subreddits where they're just like outwardly going to be mean to you about it, just I, I think that's like the best thing to kind of do. I literally got banned from a subreddit one time for posting in like a seller one too. Like they literally saw that I was posting in... Like, so I don't remember what it was. It was like an OnlyFans. Do you remember? I don't, I don't really remember, but I think that has happened before when you tried to post like about even something small. Like you, you posted in like r slash like LA County or something about like something that was going on, like some event. You like commented something because you, you were there and then they just like banned you from it. For being a seller. Just yeah. for being a seller, even though she it, it was I mean, it wasn't an NSFW thing and she wasn't trying to promote herself at all. But it was just like because you're a seller commenting in something, they just banned her. So yeah, now I we know. can't be on LA. Like whatever. But I think in um Nixie and Eve's podcast, Nixie was talking about shout out Amateur Spice, by the way. Nixie was saying that when she was starting out, she was posting in like Animal Crossing subreddits and she'll get banned from Animal Crossing ones, literally. Yeah, it's like just be careful about where you're posting because they don't really need a reason. The mods, they'll just do it because they don't like you. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. There's haters out there. Just keep it's about quantity. Just you got to keep just putting yourself out there and just trying to find those niches because once you do, like those niches really, really come through. Like I know 
Summer's got quite a following on on uh, some of those cum subreddits and on Plast and stuff. And that's because we like found the ones that worked best for us. And we really like, like curate the type of content that we shoot together for yeah. those. And I know we always say how like when you're a sex worker, your accounts everywhere are just getting deleted and flagged all the time, literally just because you're a sex worker. But honestly, it is so fucking sad when you've been posting consistently in a subreddit and you get banned from it. Like, it's so discouraging. Well, I mean, we're we're coming towards the end here, but I know we still got a couple of things that we kind of want to talk about. I feel like summer, you could just kind of take, take us through the end here. I know you want to talk about TikTok and Insta a little bit more. I mean. Okay. So I do want to talk about TikTok and Instagram because when I think of like my top, you know, sites that I promote on, those are some of them. But I want to be really transparent that most of my subs and most of my money comes from like Reddit, Twitter, and um, like internal sales and stuff. So I don't want to give you the impression that I'm like the queen of Instagram or the queen of TikTok because those are like, those have been smaller sites for me, but it's definitely somewhere that I've made enough money that I would consistently continue promoting there every day. So again, like I think they're important, but I'm sure that, you know, don't don't only listen to my advice on this. Like try to diversify your your advice on this maybe. So, TikTok is a hard one for a lot of people because I think you really have to embrace the cringe on TikTok. Like you have to be willing to like do the trends, post a lot. Like you honestly you can't get away with just like I don't know. I feel like Instagram, you could be pretty low key with your content or whatever. You don't have to necessarily follow like the reels trends and stuff, but TikTok, you you just got to suck it up and follow the trends to be honest with you. And honestly, TikTok is really scary because even when you have all of your like email, phone number, whatever is associated with it is different from what's associated with like your normal account or whatever, your vanilla account. Like, I've still had friends text me that I'm showing up on their feed, even when it's like, I think it should be totally separate, you know? So you do kind of have to know that going into it, that that's part of the risk. Like, obviously, that's always part of the risk as a sex worker. But even more so on TikTok, it's just like, I just think they are like taking permissions they're not supposed to or something. So just be aware of that. I know I've mentioned before that I used to be a faceless creator, and I still actually only post faceless stuff on the feed specifically on TikTok for that reason. I mean, I still have friends recognize me. I have tattoos. I have like a gap in my teeth. I'm definitely like identifiable, but you know, for whatever plausible deniability or whatever. So you have to think about what you want to do in terms of all of that and just be aware that it is one of the highest risk ones, but it's also a really high reward one. Like I've had live streams where I've like gotten 25 subs in five minutes or something crazy. So I definitely think it's worth the risk for me personally. So what I would say in terms of advice for TikTok is definitely batch out your content so you can post a lot. So if I have a filming day for TikTok, I'll choose like four to five outfits that I want to shoot and a couple spots kind of get like set up to shoot in. And then I'll do like six to seven, I would say, um, TikToks per like outfit and try to like switch up, you know, like the angle, the spot in the house or whatever. And then I'll stagger out like as I post them. So I'll post like one in the first outfit and then the second and then the third and then the fourth, obviously through like however many outfits I filmed in and then I'll like cycle through those. Also, I think a really good thing to do once you have like a solid amount of content out there is to get an app where you can download TikToks without the watermark. So I've had a few of those because they kind of stop working after a while for whatever reason. I don't know, maybe as like the technology changes, but I've always had to pay for them. I'm going to be upfront about that. So if that's something you can afford to do, I think it's super helpful, especially once you start getting accounts deleted because TikTok, I think it's pretty much just a waiting game. Like no matter how careful you try to be about their TOS, they're going to get you. <laughs> like they will always get you. So I would definitely recommend those because then you can reuse your TikToks later on like different accounts. Even like recently, I've gotten locked out of a few of my accounts where I kind of just know they're going to delete them, but they're just like locking me out for now. So I'm able to just like go through and mass download like all of them and keep them in one place to revisit. 
And that also means you can post them as reels on Instagram, which is really helpful. And I'm always hearing different things about what like the right amount to post on TikTok is. Like I was told three to five times a day. Lately, I've been hearing like five to six times a day. But the most important thing is just to be really consistent. And then once you hit a thousand followers on TikTok, you're able to go live. So for me, that's where I've gotten the most like growth from. Oh, and another thing is with TikTok, you can't put any of your links in your bio. So what I do is I always put my Instagram in my bio. So I'll say like Instagram, same as here or like Instagram and then the at. So that way you're kind of funneling people to your Instagram where your links are. And people are, if they're looking for OnlyFans people on TikTok, they kind of already know that that's how it is for the most part. But yeah, I kind of just use it to funnel to there. And I kind of got off track there, but basically like with the live streams for me, I've been, I've kind of had to experiment with what I do. When I was faceless, I noticed that my TikTok lives got me deleted a lot. Like I would always get kicked off. And I think that's obviously because I would have to wear something that was like a little bit like sexy just to kind of like make people want to see more, you know? And when it was like just focused on my body, I think that's a little too suggestive. So I don't know, I don't really have advice for anyone who's trying to be faceless, unfortunately, with going live. But for me now, I'll usually make the caption something like just vibing, just hanging out. And then I'll say like my Twitter handle, I'll say like the bird emoji or something like that to kind of indicate it. I would not use the word Twitter because I think that'll get you flagged. And you are able to like mark certain words as um, like block them from people commenting them in your lives. I would definitely recommend doing that because once the comments in the live start getting like a little scandy, then you're more likely to get deleted, I would say. So I have like permission blocked and like counting blocked because people will try to make you like do like a common countdown and stuff like that. Obviously that will get you deleted because they are incredibly picky. So I would just be really careful about having things like that blocked out. If the comment section starts to get out of hand, I would either end the live or turn off the comments just for a little bit to kind of refresh it. Something unfortunately that's really common is like mass reporting. So I don't know exactly why or how it happens, but there's been a few times where like I start noticing that I'm getting a lot of trolls in the comments, like I'm on the wrong side of TikTok or something, and then my account will get deleted or my like live privileges will get revoked and it'll be for something completely random. Like I'll be talking about something like, oh, this is how my day went. And then it'll be like, your account is deleted for misinformation. So I can only assume that that's like somebody mass reporting me or a group of people mass reporting me. So really with TikTok more than anywhere else, I think it's like you're just constantly rebuilding. So you kind of have to be emotionally and mentally prepared for that. But in that same vein, just because of the trolls, I've noticed it is better if I just don't acknowledge the people who are trolling me. Like for a while, I would try to troll people back kind of. Like if somebody like asked me like, oh my gosh, how far along are you to try to troll me? I would be like, oh my gosh, six months or just like carry on, you know? But really, I think you do have to kind of take the time to block those people individually, unfortunately. Yeah, and TikTok's like, the spot for women hating other women and incels and like having to combat that is just like inevitable and there's really honestly sometimes it seems like there's nothing you could do right it's just like ride the storm see how long you could keep that tiktok before it gets taken down and then move on to the next one like you have like three or four tiktoks at once sometimes right Yeah, if you have the time for it honestly making a bunch of tiktoks under different emails and posting on all of them is sometimes seems like the way to go. Again, I don't think I'm like the number one source for TikTok advice. I do feel like I've made a decent amount of money off of it, but there's definitely people who are able to build up their accounts way bigger than mine. I kind of have an inkling that if I was willing to show my face on there, like on the feed, I would probably do better, but that's just not like where I'm at right now. So we'll see how my TikTok journey progresses. Do you want to talk about Instagram now real quick? I feel like we've kind of talked about it a lot, but maybe just some really quick notes on it. Yes. So I did write down the double standard thing again with the celebs where like you're going to see people posting things and be like, how do they get away with that? And... That's a great question, but I just would not push it with Instagram because people get deleted. Like they don't give you any kind of warning when you get deleted. 
Like my last account that I lost before this one, I didn't even have a single like warning or anything like that on there. It was just gone one day and then you lose all your mutuals and it's so sad. And Instagram is also one of the harder ones to get past like device bans and stuff and IP bans and all of that stuff. So yeah, I don't have really good advice for getting around that because I just had to wait out all of my bans, but it can honestly be months, which is so frustrating, especially if you're trying to make money off of TikTok because it's really the only place you can filter people to from TikTok or funnel people, I guess, to. So that's really frustrating because then it's like, okay, why am I building up this TikTok account? And then no one's going to know where to go to find me, you know? Yeah. I think there was one week where like you had one Instagram taken down, you made another one. And like within five to 10 minutes, that second Instagram got taken down and we had to like cool down the IP. It felt like just like, I think there was two, two or three weeks where we just had no Instagram. And then one night you were like, I'm just going to make it. You made it. And we've just luckily been good with it. But like, we, you just really don't know when it's going to happen or how is it, how is it going to happen? Or if they're going to let you make another one or if they're not, it's just really like luck of the draw. Yeah. And when I was asking for advice during that time from like my friends on Twitter and everything, people literally all they knew was like the ban can last three months and you just have to wait it out. Like no one was able to tell me any way to get around it. And I feel like sex workers are fucking resourceful. Like normally they have some crazy workaround for things. And I'm sure there's someone out here who knows, you know, how to work around that. But that really says something when everyone's telling you, no, dude, you just got to wait, you know? Yeah, I think one of our friends literally had their account taken down. It's been months and they just like randomly got an email and was like, Hey, here's your account back. And they're, they're, they're just like, oh, uh, cool. Thanks. I guess like, didn't know that was still a thing I could get. Yeah. I actually saw last week, literally like three or four different people get accounts back that were suspended in like 2021. So crazy. <laughs> personally, I haven't had that kind of luck, but I guess it's good to know that can happen. Um, and then in terms of like actually posting on Instagram, like I said, keep it very safe for work. Um, you know, it's obviously up to you how risky you're willing to be. For me, I've gotten to a point where I just won't be very risky. You're not supposed to have any kind of implied nudity on there. So I would be conscious of that. We might think something is not, you know, that scandalous, but maybe if you're showing from the back that you're not wearing a top or something like that, you might be careful. I've seen people be able to post like full ass on there. I don't know how they get away with that because I just feel like if I did that, my account would get yeeted immediately. But you know, think about what you want to do. Maybe see what other people who are also similar sizes are doing like to your account, you know? Also, I have noticed a lot more Instagram growth since being consistent with reels. So like I said, I do repurpose my TikToks as reels using like a app to download the TikToks with no watermark. I would suggest if you do that, trying to find the audio that's in the background on reels or trying to... um like just find an audio that would work with your post on Reels basically. Cause just like TikTok, like you'd want to use like a trending sound, you kind of want to do the same thing. So that's what I would recommend there. Um, I used to have success going Instagram live with my friends on there. Like we would go live at the same time, but to be honest, like doesn't really seem like people do that as much anymore. Maybe I'm just like not in a circle of people that's really doing that. You do have the option to go live to kind of get to know people. I don't think that's ever a terrible idea, but I wouldn't say I necessarily notice like subs from it. And like a lot of the other sites that we've talked about, there are some internal sex work like retweet group, like upvote situations, the same thing with Instagram. I think we've just noticed that specifically with Instagram, like the expectations that are set with that are like, honestly, I feel like a little unreasonable. A lot of times it will be like 24 hour catch up groups where you have to hit like 50 other sex workers in 24 hours on Instagram. And that's not just liking their stuff that is adding it to your story or sharing it and all this stuff. So we don't really have the most like info on that. That's something you could look for on Telegram and Discord or from other sex workers that they have had a lot of su success for it. But we just kind of like focus on things that we feel like bring us more direct sales and less like having to deal all this extra work when like the payoff might not be worth it. Yeah. And I used th some of those groups on my first account, which I don't think it was really related to my account getting deleted or anything like that. But I didn't notice like a huge like amount of growth from it. And that might just be because I I don't remember how big my account was when it got deleted. I want to say it was like 6K or something similar to that. 
So maybe if it had been a bigger account, I would have noticed more like if it was like a 10K minimum group or something like that. Yeah, I can't really speak to that, but honestly I didn't notice a huge difference. And now because I have so many mutuals that I've had through the years, like we just kind of naturally share each other's posts and stuff to our feeds. And it does feel like it's less likely to get me flagged or something. Of course, if something is getting you engagement, like it can be worth the risk. But yeah, I wasn't noticing a huge amount of engagement from that. Yeah, especially for the amount of work. Yeah, I think most of the groups I was in, it was more like you're sharing like five or six people. But even then, it's like, I don't know. I, I just didn't see a huge payoff from it. But again, a lot of those things take time. A lot of them take consistency. And that's just not really something I've tried out. Instagram is more like a landing place from TikTok for me where people could find my other links. And then just to kind of talk about like how I actually run my Instagram. So I kind of mentioned how I do reels. I would say I post about two to three reels per day. And then I usually post on the feed about once a day. And then I try to post a lot of stories. So I'll story share anything that I post that's new. I'll story share my other like sex work friends. I'll try to run like a poll about something or some kind of Q&A about something just to try to engage. I'm not super like, I'm not going to act like I'm a pro about the Instagram algorithm, but I do know you need to be like very active to show up like on explore pages or even like at the top of people's algorithms. I think now that we're coming to like the end of this, we can kind of rapid fire these last couple of like big social media that people promote on. Like we focused on the four that we kind of know the most about and these alternative quote unquote, like social media sites that people post on. We do have some content there. So I'll kind of just give you like, here's a quick, you know, spark notes version. You've got the chive. And that is like social photo sharing, like meme site. Same kind of with 4chan. 4chan lets you do like nudity, but I don't really know anything about it to be 100% honest with you. The Chive is like very safe for work, suggestive type of media. And then you've got Twitch and YouTube where, you know, Twitch, you're live streaming, YouTube, you're creating like vlogs or try-ons. I know Summer's really big into that right now. You could also go live on YouTube. And that's kind of like, People do different things on both those. So sometimes they'll focus on gaming or focus on, you know, they'll chat or play Animal Crossing, whatever. Um, whatever you feel like you could talk about, I think you could do do there. But it is like barrier of entry because you do need like the actual hardware to be able to run a Twitch or edit YouTube videos and the, the know-how. So there's kind of some stuff there that it does take a little bit of a learning curve. And then... There's Facebook, which like we don't even mess with, but a lot of people do have some success there. There's like private groups you could get in. And I know you could find those by going on like Discord and Telegram. We've mentioned that a lot. Like Discord and Telegram, they both don't really have like uh, an algorithm or internal social media that you could find these specific groups. So it's really about that networking and like talking to other sex workers and seeing what they have, seeing what they post, looking on Reddit, like there are so many different ways to get into Discord and Telegram groups. It's just about finding them. Um, and then other porn sites, which you might think like doesn't make much sense if you're trying to promote your OnlyFans, but many vids, Fansly, Pornhub, tons of people use it to direct to their OnlyFans. And it's just kind of like what you feel comfortable posting there. And then the last one is like dating apps. We haven't done any of that because... It just hasn't really been something that we had the time to really do. Like, we don't really know what the payoff is, but I know a lot of people find success, whether they're single or not, getting on dating apps and just keeping it super, like, vague about what they do and just having their Instagram there and then getting people to go to their Instagram and see that they are a sex worker. Um, and then there's even so many we don't even, I don't think we even know about, but if it's something that you could think you could post and promote yourself on, like, I... I can't tell you not to do it because that's how you find people that want to buy your stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's like the randomest things that you don't expect to work for you that end up being like the biggest money makers. So definitely if you have the time to try those like more niche sites or whatever, it's worth like putting yourself out there and trying it out, you know? Yeah. Even like, I think we didn't even mention like Pinterest and Tumblr. You'd think like, oh, there's no way I could get a sale from there, but You'd be surprised. I'm sure there's someone on Pinterest that's a sex worker and there's definitely sex workers on Tumblr. So, you know, the thing you do have to consider when you're posting, which we've talked about a million times, is once it's on the Internet, it's forever. And the more you post, 
the more places you post, it's like just that thing you're going to have to keep track of. And you have to know like porn is the most pirated like media on the entire internet, more than movies, more than TV shows, people are pirating porn. And when you have you, when you are posting this content, there is a bot that's on there scrubbing it and immediately putting it somewhere else. And I think every single day we check our DMCA and there's some random like Twitter porn star website that has like summer stuff that she literally just posted. So like, just know the more you post, the more opportunity is that someone might find it, you know, it's going to be out there. And I think that is really when you like start to consider investing in something like branded scan or Ralta or, or whatever that is going to help protect your intellectual property, so to speak. Yeah, I definitely noticed because we thought that branded scan wasn't going to be worth it for us in the beginning, just because like when we would look up our own leaks or whatever, and I would look up like, you know, Summerstone leaked, Summerstone OnlyFans, I wouldn't find that much. So I was like, eh, it's probably not that worth it. So I waited a really long time to invest in that. But I did notice like right after starting to use a DMCA that I was immediately getting more subs. And people would tell me like sometimes even, yeah, I came from this site. Sorry. And it's like a leak. Yeah, we've had a couple subs say that to you. Like, I like I didn't mean to stumble upon your stuff. It was just being posted. Like, and I'm glad that at least it had your watermark or like the OnlyFans on there because now I'm here and your content's so much better than what was leaked. So <laughs> and kudos to them for actually paying for it. Yeah, I mean they could have probably stayed on that site. We wouldn't have known the difference, but yeah, I do want to mention. This is just probably the last thing I'll mention. Another place that I get subs from is Sext Panther, which can be very hit or miss, very tedious to work with. So definitely, again, I think that's something you kind of would want to wait until you kind of have everything like the swing of everything and then maybe start kind of working on. But I do feel like we get a few people from um, Sex Panther who will like specifically want to custom or something like that. And then they'll they'll come to the page. So that's one last little random one. Wow. I feel like I got to catch my breath after this one. That was I, I mean, it has to be our longest episode today, right? Yeah, I keep forgetting to breathe and then Cam has to like pause the recording and be like, okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> but it's just so much information that we wanted to pack into this one episode. Yeah, I think we just kind of wanted to get this out of the way in a so to speak like sense because we just have so much more we want to talk about. And we know this is like a little bit of a niche type episode. And a lot of the stuff we talked about, I think we'll rehash future episodes that are like, only geared towards Twitter, only geared towards Reddit, TikTok, Instagram. And the more stuff that we learn personally, I think we'll start to share with you guys. But I mean, if you made it to the end, like kudos to you. Like, <laughs> Thanks job. for sticking on it. I hope you learned something from all of this or, you know, you could take this and apply it and like actually help yourself grow a little bit with some of the stuff you're trying to do. Yeah. And if you are a sex worker and you listen to this, you probably know like these are literally the questions that you get in your DMs every single day. And I wish that I had time to respond to every person who asked me for advice on like Twitter, Reddit, wherever. And I feel like having this episode is going to be a big relief to be able to just send it Drop to people. Drop the link, right? Here you go. Listen to this. <laughs> but if you do have questions beyond that, you can always email me at hello at summerstone.co. So again, that's always an option. But yeah, I think that's it for today. I'm going to go take a fat nap and also go get my nails done. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll probably smoke a joint. It's been a couple hours and then get this thing edited, but... Uh, hopefully the next episode's a little bit, a bit, a little more lighthearted. We'll try to make it entertaining. You know, we always try, but specifically we'll do maybe a lighter one. I think we started this episode, like recording it maybe at like noon and it's almost 4 PM now. Okay. Granted, we had some technical difficulties with the microphones, but yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a long one. We wanted to give you guys a lot of information, so Hopefully you get something from it. We, we appreciate you here if you're at the end. All right. Well, if you want to see more of us, my Twitter is Summerstone with three E's at the end. My Instagram is Seashell Slut and Slut is spelled S-L-V-T. My OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Summerstone. And if you want to see any of my other links, it's Summerstone.fun. 
Have a good day, you guys. Bye. Have a good day. <laughs>